listening to your inner knowing. Welcome to the Joyous Expansion Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Dupree, scouring the globe to bring you stories of courage, passion, and resilience. If I could sum up this podcast into one word, I would use empathy. Now let's get inspired. Welcome to the Joyous Expansion Podcast. I'm your host once again, Brett Dupree. It's been a month since my last episode, so welcome to episode 96 as we count down to 100. Today we talk to Jamie Lerner, but before that, I get vulnerable what's going on in my life, because if I can't expect my guests to be vulnerable, how? Wait. If I can't be vulnerable, how can I expect my guests to be? Man, I've been messing up that a lot, yo. I guess that's a problem of waiting a month to do that. And what a month that has been. So many things that have happened. I mean, we'd had a insurrection in the office. A bunch of people died from COVID-19. There's been a vaccine. Wow. But today we're going to talk about my decision to leave the Lightworker Toastmasters. If you've been following me at all, you know that I started my own Toastmaster group. I believe it's episode 12. Of the Jersey Expansion Podcast of me talking about how I founded this group. And it was by far one of the most things I was most proud of. And last week during the insurrection, that was too much for me. Because my group was infiltrated by fascists. Yes, I wanted to create a wonderful, light-working group of people full of love, light, who wanted to help people. And feel a safe place to talk about anything. And the thing that I did not count for was fascism. And I did not understand the fascistic pipeline there is in the wellness community. And it was just too infected within my club. And I could work on trying to root it out and really putting boundaries on such things and put a smiling face on the kind of fascist people who are just fine with the fascism, but aren't, you know, taking place in it like one of the members who was actually part of one of the insurrections, but they were part of the one in Olympia, who's also the president of the club. So that shows, and one of the driving forces to bring people to there and and a lot of things. And so, yeah, I put a lot of work in that. I am still kind of sad, kind of, I'm very sad and bummed, and I am very angry And to be honest, also sad for the person who ruined my club with her fascism. Because I don't think they are, quote unquote, evil, if you will. They just went down a dark path. A path that I don't understand really. But I kind of do. I got into conspiracy theories a long time ago. And for me, it was kind of fun. I didn't understand the anti-Semitic aspect of the New World Order and the Illuminati. I didn't I didn't get that. I didn't understand how a lot of things within spirituality is stoked in racism and that there's actually a pipeline of being like so far left and spiritual that you come up the other end as fascist. It's not that hard of wanting to change the world and making it a better place and then start blaming the elites from holding us back and then while those elites are blaming the Jews And the Jews are then promoting the blacks to uprise, to destabilize America. And all of a sudden, you are a Trump fan and a Trump supporter who Trump is a fascist. 
different fascists than Hitler. Not all fascists are the same, but a fascist is a fascist in the sense of they shouldn't have anything to do with this country. And I think that one of the best parts about it is deplatforming. And it was kind of a slow burn. Kind of started during the year. She didn't really start getting into it until like March because COVID-19 was just a hotbed for this conspirituality and the way you could just watch the person become obsessed with that, a person who wanted to make this world a better place, a person who wanted to bring more love and light and joy and help people break through their fears, pretty much then became a Trump-supporting fascist. And you can watch just how sad it was for that decline and how just really feel bad for this person as well. As angry at them, because, you know, that's a part of emotion. You can feel a lot of things. But you could really feel the energy shift in the club. And like a year ago, this was one of my favorite things ever. I was so happy. We had so many members. We were going to split. It was so much fun. We just got done doing our expo in a couple of weeks a year ago. Things were looking up for the Lightworkers and that group. And it probably would have worked out if it wasn't for COVID because that person would have probably gone so fascist. Because I think COVID... And just the consequences of that, the lockdowns and things, and not taking masks seriously. Don't understand how masks are political. Hate that. I don't think they would have gone as far and probably would have still been mostly fine. Just, you know, there's so much anger and fear out there. And a lot of people look for big, big uh, organizations or things to put their anger and fear in without dealing with the anger and fear that's within their heart. And when you do that, you can fester anger and pain and it comes out in violence a lot of the times. And I think that's what happens to a lot of, of fascist people that they don't recognize the fact that they've gone down that fascist ideology and they don't realize that they are now violent people. It's almost like that boiling frog idea where it just goes up a degree at a time until the frog doesn't recognize that it's boiling. But apparently it doesn't work. Apparently frogs recognize that it's too hot and will get out. But it's a good metaphor. Anyway, that's enough of that. Yeah, so basically I I just gave up. I don't want to talk about it because I am too emotional about it. It hurts. It hurts a lot. It makes me very sad that it, I had. I just felt like I had to leave. I'm very bummed out about it, very angry, and I don't think I could be impartial if I were to show up and talk about the issues. That's life, and so, yeah, basically, that's why I walked away. I'm going to talk about it more in, in the coming weeks to see what happens with life and the universe and everything, or there's other things to talk about. We'll see if I release these weekly again. Anyway, here's another one. We're talking to Jamie Lerner. Jamie Lerner, co-author of the book, At The Ever-Loving Essence of You, can put a fresh spin on just about anything that anyone throws her way. Her unique and masterful ability to reframe even the most difficult situations is outstanding. All of a sudden, your biggest nightmares become your greatest pleasures, as she lovingly helps you sift through the contrast and find that small opening of light that quickly becomes your greatest jumping-off point of clarity. Now, here is my interview with Jamie Lerner. Hello, Jamie, and welcome to my podcast. Hello, and thank you for inviting me. Thank you for being here. Would you like to give the listeners a brief introduction to who you are? 
Okay. (laughs) I was born with a knowing, and I think that we all are. I was particularly true to my voice, which I still am. I was fascinated by people and relationships and studied psychology, went on to get my master's in social work, had a psychotherapy practice for a long time, never felt 100% comfortable doing that. So because I felt that we were continually asking people to look back, instead of focusing on moving forward, I scrapped that and I studied and I traveled and now I do something really different. And it's called the Integrative Approach to Well-Being, which is assisting people and assisting themselves from getting to where they are to where they want to be. What do you mean by you were born with a knowing? I think that I heard my voice really, really clearly from the earliest memory. And I think that we all are born with a knowing, with a true and very clear connection to and with ourselves. And then just the contrast of life and people and influences, we tend to move further and further away from that inner knowing, that true voice that's actually home for us, each and every one of us individually. What was it like growing up with uh, knowing that and then what caused you to go away from it a little bit? It was a wonderful childhood and a young adulthood because I grew up in a family with amazing parents that were very allowing and that really encouraged each and every one of us, there are five of us, to stay true to who we were, which made me a super difficult, rebellious child, (laughs) student in school. I was a real handful. But getting that clear message from such an early age, I think that was really helpful. We grew up in just, I think, in a very exciting time. You know, it was the 60s and there was a lot of wonderful things going on in the world, challenging things too. But my parents were super progressive in how they chose to either consciously or unconsciously raise each and every one of us. Having that kind of support throughout of being encouraged to really tune into me, even though I was difficult, I think that that was really helpful. What did rebellion look like to you growing up? I didn't have a whole lot to push against at home. So I found everything I could to push against outside of home. And you know, whether it was institutions or rules or prejudice or, you know, anything that I could find. (laughs) Because I think when there's nothing at home to push against, you tend to kind of flow. Home is easy and everything outside of home was a little more challenging for me, with the exception of my relationship with my mom, which was challenging because I felt that even though I was so connected with myself, I was not connected with her. This has been my biggest challenge is trying to understand and really spending half my life. How could I be so connected to myself and not feel a connection with the person that brought me into the world? So that has been my, which I have resolved and in a very beautiful way. So what made you want to be a psychologist? All of that. Interpersonal relationships, looking out at the world, seeing how people interact with one another, how they interact with each other. It was just all very fascinating to me. And it still is. What made you want to switch out of that into something else? I I just didn't feel like it was working. That really believing that 
no matter where people are, if they're stuck in a moment, that they're always wanting more for themselves. And that more tends to be what's ahead. And I think that we get so bogged down in what was. And so I think then it's hard to start to think about, you know, what is it that we're wanting now for ourselves? And how can we get there? So this is just a different approach for me. And it's really nice. It's a nice, gentle, fun way of assisting people in once again, assisting themselves. Because I think really, is the teachers and practitioners and helpers, we do so little. We are the inspiration for the individuals that we work with to really do it themselves. And that's super empowering once people choose to step into that. Was there any difficulty for you for stepping into that? I think I waited a little longer, never really knowing like when would be the best time to do it. And then I finally understood there is no best time. The time is like now. So I also think that when we're in a business and we're not feeling 100% comfortable with what we're doing or how we're helping people, then we're not being true to ourselves and we're really not being true to our clients. With that understanding, it made it easier to justify stepping away from that and creating something different, something that really felt better for me and I think feels a lot better for the clients that I attract. But first you said you had a knowing of a voice that we all have a, we all have that knowing. Can you explain exactly what that is? I think that we all have an inner voice and an inner knowing. And it's like someone tapping you on the shoulder all the time and trying to get your attention. And some of us are really tuned into that inner voice and others can hear it, but they're like not interested. I'm too busy, not now, another time. But I think that never goes away. I think that is always with us, in us, and always trying to get our attention so that we can really look in for all the answers. I don't think there's anything outside of us. I think that inward is the only way. And inward guides us to maybe the teachers or the other kind of guidance that we're needing. But it's from the inside out. And I think that that happens from the moment of inception. That's home. How has your life changed since you started really tapping into that inner knowing? Well, I don't think that I ever stepped away from that. And so I was always true to me and clung on to that connection with myself so deeply because I wasn't really able to connect with my mom. And so I think in some ways it was a real blessing for me, hearing my voice so clearly, knowing that it was just me. (laughs) And yet my mom was super encouraging of that. And in some ways I think she knew. She probably knew that whatever it was that she was distracted with, that there was this sense of like asking me to trust myself, to guide myself, to know myself because she was not available to do that for me or with me. Did she die early? About 12 years ago, my mom was put into a medically induced coma. And I sat with her for several days. And I felt all the love flow through her to me and felt like, oh my goodness, this is the beginning of our mother and daughter relationship. And it was like so wonderful to me. And then she transitioned. And I realized that it wasn't that my mom 
didn't connect with me, she couldn't connect with me because she did not have the connection with herself. As wonderful she was, and she was, she was a champion for the underprivileged, the underserved, for just everything and, and everyone. And yet she was avoiding the very relationship with herself. And I think that once I understood that, it was a time of of just real appreciation and love and for her and healing for me. So that's when I wrote this book, The Ever-Loving Essence of You, which is about creating a long-term connected relationships with ourselves. Because I believe that every relationship that we go on to have with another is based on the relationship that we're creating and recreating with ourselves moment by moment. Uh, it says you're a co-author of the book. Who do you write that book with? So I wrote this book with my friend, Lauren Targ, who I went to high school with, and we stayed friends throughout. We're still really good friends. And she knew my mom really well. So it was just such an easy person to sit down with. This book flowed through us in a weekend. It was just a really nice joint venture. What was the book writing process like for you? First of all, I think we all have a book in us. I know you've written a book. And I think that if we allow the book or information to flow through us, it it kind of writes itself. So I trusted that process. And I have to say, it was probably the easiest thing I did or have done so far. Awesome. What has the reception been so far? Well, it was written 10 years ago. It's really a timeless gem. I think that it's an easy read. You can pick it up and open to any page. It's not filled with any psychobabble. And it's really just tips and tools of, once again, how we can trust ourselves and create and recreate a long-term connected relationship with ourselves and then go on to do that with others. So how exactly do you work with people? I gave up my office, which was also a really good decision. I work with people either on the phone, on the Skype, or I have a texting business called The Quickie, a lovely texting option. The interesting thing about the way I work is that people have to go to the website and they have to read through it. And then they feel that we would be a good fit. They have to decide how much time they'd like to work with me. They buy a block of time and then they decide, you know, what they're needing. Because I don't know what you need, but you know what you need. So from the very beginning, it really allows the person to take some personal responsibility and to trust themselves that they know. Because I think you do know. You always know for yourself. It doesn't even matter how or why you know, but you know. So that's where it begins. And the way I work with people is really fun. It's filled with laughter and it's a quick process and it's a gentle process. So what are some of the things you work with people on? Relationships, issues with work, issues with their children. It's really goes across the board, but I tend to work with people who want to shift, who want something different other than what they have who are ready to take responsibility in understanding that what they have, they have actually created. And oftentimes I think it's not the situation that's the problem. It's how we're choosing to feel about the situation. So we tend to trip ourselves up quite a bit and forget that we have a lot of power 
in how we're going to choose to direct our lives. It's really wonderful to see when people step into their personal power and begin to take some control over what they're choosing to think about and how they're choosing to feel, just how their lives can change dramatically in so many positive ways. Do you have any stories of people you've helped? No, I don't have specific stories. But once again, you know, I think that I assist people in assisting themselves. It's my belief that people are beautiful and amazing. And we can do anything. We can have anything. We can be anything. It's just the willingness of people to step into that belief. You know, so much of where we are in a moment is also tied to old belief systems. The other thing I like to ask people to do is to look at their story of way back then from their here and now adult perspective. Because when we can do that, our story looks really different. We're adults now. We're not small. We can begin to see from whatever happened back then, how it's really created who and where we are right now in a really powerful and strong way. So people who have had a lot of tragedy in their life or a lot of abuse in their life, if they're able to look at it from their adult perspective right now, it becomes a very powerful new story that then they're able to build on. Because it's true, based on where we were, I think that's who we've become right now in a great way. So is your company called Life Enlightenment? No, so that's Jennifer Geronimo. My company is just me. Um, It's my practices called the Integrative Approach to Well-Being. So what exactly is the Integrative Approach to Well-Being? Well, I like to think of myself as a well-being therapist. Once again, it's just an approach that's gentle and loving and assisting people in creating a relationship with themselves that's connected and that's positive. So what do you enjoy about what you do? I think I enjoy watching people step into their own power and take personal responsibility. The other thing I enjoy seeing is people choosing to create a story that's more true to what they want from their life than the size of their audience. Because I think that in this society, we are rewarded for having the most trauma and drama to our story. I think if we can exaggerate all of the horrific things that have happened to us, we have a huge audience. And I think that people get really kind of sucked into that without understanding that that's not even their life right now. So to watch people kind of, I don't know, unravel that and create something that's more true to this moment and the story that they'd like to be living, I think that's super exciting. Awesome. So we are coming to the end of our time together. One thing I like to ask my guests is to do a one minute of motivation. You can imagine this as if you are traveling back to your eight year old self and you want to sell you everything you need to live a happy and joy filled life. But unfortunately, you only have a minute until you plop back into the future. Or you can think of it as if you want to condense your entire life's message into one minute. Trust yourself. Know yourself. Love yourself. Appreciate yourself. Laugh a lot, laugh a lot, a lot with yourself and with others. And don't take yourself too seriously because none of this is really a big deal. 
in the end, we're all here to experience joy and to be in a place where we can share ourselves with others in just a beautiful way. Awesome. Thank you for being on my podcast. I very much enjoyed listening to your story on how you had a certain inner knowing and were able to move through that life while still being connected, going to a job of psychotherapy to help people, but recognizing the fact that that isn't exactly how you want to help people. So stepping into your power and who you are and helping people in your unique way of looking at the world and helping people understand and empower themselves so that they too can live a true life to them. So thank you so much for everything you do. And thank you so much for being on my podcast. Thank you for having me. May your day be special. There you have it, folks. That is my interview with Jamie Lerner. I very much enjoyed how she talked about that inner knowing, that connection to source, and listening to how someone is able to listen to that source to guide them to where they want to go in life, I think, is very inspirational. I know there's been plenty of times in my life where I've listened to that inner knowing, that inner voice, and things have worked out well. And sometimes it didn't only think that because I had a roommate and my inner voice was telling me that I should live with her, even though, in my humble opinion, on the outside, it didn't work out. But who is to say that certain things wouldn't have happened that has made my life amazing, such as my current job and my current fiance. And maybe just maybe having that tumultuous time was beneficial for me in ways that I can't foresee at this point. Because, you know, that's a lot of times in life. You'll go by that inner knowing. You don't know exactly why that is. But it will come back and help you in the end. And working with someone like Jamie Lerner to help you connect to the source of who you are so that you can be better with listening to your inner voice. So if you're interested in working with Jamie. Jamie Lerner is able to put everyone and everything at ease. Jamie is an asset in any corporate setting. She works with individuals, children, adults, and couple, as well as small groups. And she helps you to know what's best for yourself, as always. So if you're interested in checking her out, www.jamie-learner.com and check out her book, jamie.learner.com backslash quickie-dash texting.html. Thank you for listening to episode 96 of the Joyous Expansion Podcast. I appreciate you for who you are for making it this far because I love you so much. You can email me for any reason at bre2tsdupr2es at joyousexpansion.com. You can find more episodes at pod.joyousexpansion.com. Learn more about me at joyousexpansion.com. You can find me on LinkedIn, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter at joysexpansion.com or you can find me at Increase Your Joy on Facebook because my SEO game sucks. Thank you so much again for listening. I am Brett Dupree, your champion of authentic joy, catalyst of transformation for the Church of Awesome and Joyous Expansion Life Coach. Wishing you once again to be love, to be joy, to be awesome. Now play that jingle.